It's Picture Lock on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find movie reviews, all the back episodes, and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. Quick, quick, quick. Get over to DCBFF.org if you want to submit your film for the 2019 film festival you only have two days left so after the end of this weekend the call for entries period will close the extended deadline is going to be over and that's it we have over 200 entries already and man this film festival is shaping up to look like another good year and so i'm really excited about that but if you want to get your film in make sure you do that now This week, I'm switching things up and letting you hear my reviews of John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum and See You Yesterday as heard on Let's Talk Live this past Wednesday. It's always fun giving my weekly thoughts on what's out in theaters or streaming into your home with Julie Wright and Kid O'Shea. So you'll hear that at the top here. I also saw A Dog's Journey and I have two critics to give their thoughts on the film. I also have Catherine Dudley-Rose, writer, producer, director of Parallel Chords, on to talk about her film. Plus, I have your answers to the question of the week from a couple of weeks ago since I took a week off last week. It's a lot, but that's all ahead on Picture Lock. Hey everyone, this is Omar Lewis, creator of BPVB, and you are listening to Picture Lock. And is approaching, which means new movie releases. Yeah, and here with more on it is our movie critic, Kevin Sampson. Kev. What up, guys? How are you? Ah! In his nice little movie studio there. What's going on? That little reel to reel in the background. Is that for home movies? I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. Now my wife actually got this um a, a long time ago as a guy that was selling it. Um I need to actually use the little camera. Um but anyways, let's get into the movies this weekend. Um so I wanted to bring two to you guys. Uh okay. John Wick and See You Yesterday. So let's start out with John Wick. Yes. Um for for the audience that might be watching that doesn't know anything about John Wick, I'm going to give a quick uh synopsis. So Uh, This is chapter three. Mm -hmm. And the first film, the whole thing is John Wick is this elite assassin and he finally gets out of the game. Uh, His wife passes but leaves him a dog. The mafia kills this dog. So it kind of (laughs) like brings him back into the into the life. Um, And chapter two, like he has to do this thing and basically it leaves us off where he's running out of Central Park. He has one hour before he's excommunicado, which basically means he has a 14 million dollar price tag on his head. And so that's where we pick up in chapter three, Parabellum. Um, So, guys, like this thing starts off. It's high octane. It's definitely one of those ones I would suggest go see chapter one and chapter two so that you can just kind of see the world building. Um, But it starts off with a blast. And the thing about John Wick is it's all about the action but it's also um, about the kills and so this film is brutal but it's not gruesome Um, and so I had some of the most fun I've had watching a film with the audience um, watching this film like we were literally all just like screaming sometimes you know you're cringing you don't want to see like the kill but like it's just a fun time Um, in it uh, Halle Berry is actually uh, a, a manager and so basically a manager there's like these 
these different hotels where it's kind of sacred ground. And so she manages one of these hotels where no business, no assassins can kill each other, things like that. Um, and so her character, Sophia, has these two Belgian Malinois. And um, there is this amazing fight sequence in which Sophia and John fight in kind of this open air market in Casablanca uh, with the two dogs. And I have to say, guys, director Chad Stahelski, he does an excellent job of making sure that we know where we are while we're watching the fight so you don't get dizzy but it's just so beautiful to kind of watch the choreography of like just all this action um so i definitely give this film a b plus i really enjoyed it the only reason i don't give it an a is because it starts out so strong it's a marathon and it kind of putters out like right Mm -hmm. at mile 24 but it's still really really good like Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong um i think you'll really enjoy seeing it this weekend in theaters. So or in Kev, our terms, it putters out at two miles. Yeah, in, right. <laughs> so, so right. Kev, I heard that uh, Keanu Reeves is still doing his own stunts. You're talking about all the action in this film. Uh, I also heard that he said the stunts aren't so hard, it's the, the recovery the next day. Right, right, exactly. And and I think, like, he does some of the stunts. So, like, he'll say that, like, uh, you know, that's him getting out of the car, but when the car gets hit by another car or he gets hit by a car, like, that's, like, his stunt double. Yeah. So, like, he does do all of the action, the jujitsu and all that yes. stuff, but, like, the hard stuff, he leaves it to another professional. You see the one in Hollywood right now that's laughing all the way to the bank as people are like, what did he ever do after? Uh, what was, I mean, I mean he kind yeah, of has had, like, head. a, yeah, a good yeah. career since then and kind of just yeah. done his own thing right oh the devil's yeah. advocate was a favorite of mine yeah not only that Head three is coming to us it's either this year or next year but they they, they film they're filming that um yeah. yeah he is definitely one of the richest guys in hollywood um and no know, one quite. talks about him really Right, exactly. He's also one of the nicest guys in Hollywood mm-hmm. as well. So um, definitely want to check that out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to uh, See You Yesterday. Now, this is a Netflix release, and this, this one is kind of near and dear to my heart. As you guys know, uh, I founded and run the DC Black Film Festival. And so in 2017, See You Yesterday came through our festival as a short, but now it's been made into a feature. It's produced wow. by Spike Lee. Um, directed by Stefan Bristol. It had its premiere at Tribeca this year. And so basically the film is about two teen prodigies, uh, CJ and Sebastian, who create two time machines. And after CJ's brother is killed at the hands of the police, they take these time machines and they start trying to go back in time in order to save his life. One of the difficult things about taking a film from a short to a feature is that you want to make sure that you know, it's worth telling a feature, it's not bloated. And I think co-writers Frederica Bailey and Stefan Bristol do a really great job of filling out this film. Like I said, it's a time travel film. So, you know, some of the exposition of time travel is is handled really well so that you kind of understand how this world works. Um, But ultimately this film comes comes down to talking about police brutality and self-love within the black community. And I think it's really handled in a good way in which, uh, you know, as an audience member, you're able to kind of come to your own conclusion rather than like it's being preached to you. Um, Also culture is really heavy in whether it's uh, Brooklyn and just like, you know, Brooklyn being the background of the film, Caribbean culture, black culture. Um, it's really fun to a fun watch. Uh, I give this one a B plus as well. Uh, I definitely would suggest it comes out Friday, drops on Netflix. Folks, check that out. Awesome. Okay. Wow. I, just, just so you guys know, also, if, if, uh, if folks want to hear a more in-depth uh, interview with Stefan, I talked to him twice 
uh, on my show uh, right before Tribeca and then when it was a short. And so he kind of goes into a little bit more detail of making the film and how it got made and all that good stuff. So you definitely want to check that out at picturelockshow.com on the podcast. All right. So let me ask you this real quick, Kev, before we let you go, because you've given us some great movies to check out. B-plus movies, why not? Um, yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Oscars possibly going hostless again this year, this year coming up. What do you think about that? I think that that is the perfect idea. I think it worked last year. Why not um, do it again? On top of that, I heard you guys talking about Jailbirds. Uh, yeah, kid. Yeah. I started watching that. I've only seen uh, episode one, but like I'm hooked. It's like I know really good. Audience. I only watched. So, did you have terrible dreams last night? Like <laughs> I had the most bizarre dreams with the most bizarre people in them, and I was in prison for some point. I was escaping. I couldn't get back in. I, yeah. I tried to go back after I escaped, by the way, because I oh. felt like I was gonna get in trouble. <laughs> I'd rather watch a uh, jailhouse drama than be in it myself. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right Kevin, Kevin Samson. Thank Thanks. you so much for joining Thanks, us. Kevin. Picture lock for more of, on the movies and, of course, the podcast. And you want to listen to uh, what Kevin has to say. So thank you, Kev. Ready? I'm ready. Go, Bailey! My name is Bailey, and this is my boy, Ethan. You enjoying the breeze, boss dog? <laughs> I've lived a lot of lives as a lot of different dogs, but I always found my way back to Ethan. Go! That isn't getting any easier. That isn't getting any easier. This is CJ, the greatest new addition to our pack. Doggy, doggy, doggy. Hmm, there's nothing in that cup. I love mornings with our granddaughter. So did I, mostly because she gave me bacon. You ever taking a bath with the filthy dog? I just having fun. Oh, CJ's mom wants to play too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or not. Pretty soon CJ had to move away. Let us know where you wind up. I wanted to chase the car, but I just didn't have the energy. Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. You've done so much for me. When you come back the next time, take care of CJ. She needs you like I needed you. And then it happened. I was a puppy again, and CJ was my new purpose. You just heard part of the trailer for A Dog's Journey, and A Dog's Journey is basically the Forrest Gump of dog movies. While Forrest ran through a part of our nation's history, Bailey, voiced by Josh Gad, serves the same family through various doggy lives. Ultimately, it gives a childlike look into one family's life journey. It's the exploration of the good, the bad, and man's best friend's role in our lives that make this a cute, albeit corny at times, family film. Uh, I definitely say it's good for the family this weekend if you're going to check it out. You can read my full review on picturelockshow.com under the new releases tab. But right now, I have two friends in the studio to really help me with my thoughts on the film. I have... Ella and KJ. <laughs> KJ and Ella, Ella and KJ. So we all went to see this film together. Ella, what did you think of the movie? I think it was great because they all had a fun time together and I thought that the grandparents were really fun. All right, KJ, what did you think? Uh, I think it was awesome because uh, the parents were very fun with CJ. <laughs> and, what did you, did you guys like the dog in the film? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and I, I like all kinds of the, the um, when, 
when he turned all kinds of sizes. That's what I mostly liked. Okay, so in the film, because uh, Bailey the dog, he passes, because dogs obviously don't live as long as humans, he comes back in different forms. So KJ enjoyed the dog coming back in different forms. Ella, you were going to say something? Yeah. So I, the different forms were called, so at, he, at first he was a, no, a normal dog size, which is big, and then he was small. A small dog named Max. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for giving me your thoughts on the film. Um, ultimately, would you recommend it? Yes. Um, what are you going to say? Would you recommend the film for parents with little kids to go check out? What does that mean? Would you say, yes, they should go and see it, or would you say, no, they shouldn't go see it? Um, I would say... Um, I would say they would go, they would go to it. They should go to it? Yeah, because it's very fun. They should go to it, and it's very fun because you get popcorn. <laughs> All right. It's funny. All right, folks, so you heard it there from uh, the next generation of film critics. Got a lot of work to do, but ultimately, again, like I said before, it is a good family-friendly movie. The pacing is a little bit slow, but again, you can read my full review at PictureLockShow.com under the New Release tab. And my dad said that my dad said that I was wrong that a dog's purpose continued. And then today he was researching, and he found out that the dog's purpose continued. What Ella wanted to say is that basically, you know, we came out of the film and she said that the film was a continuation of a dog's purpose. I didn't believe her. And then later I did find out that she was actually correct. So if you have seen a dog's purpose, this is the continuation of it with a dog's journey. If you haven't, um, that's fine, because guess what? I didn't either, and I was able to understand what was going on. You really don't have to see the first one. I guess it might help, but you do not have to see the first one if you haven't to go and see A Dog's Journey. Hi, everyone. It's Ariel Lee, the director of programming at the Washington West Film Festival, and you're listening to Picture Lock. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson, and in the film Parallel Chords, a young violinist struggles to break free from her pianist father to find her own voice. I have the film's writer-director, Catherine Dudley-Rose, on the line. Catherine, welcome to Picture Lock. Hello, Kevin. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for having me. It's my pleasure. Catherine, the first question I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? Ah. Uh. I I have loved films since I can ever remember. Um, I come from a music background, and and I also have always been involved in, in uh, theater and film um, as an actor um, and as a writer. So it's it's sort of like writer, director, music. All of this has kind of been a swirl, and it's all been like together. Um, but I would say probably the early days in in New York. There's a uh, 
a wonderful video store called Kim's Video, and I, I just I loved how all the directors were broken down, and I just I couldn't get enough of independent and foreign film. So, um, Parallel Chords is really a great way for me to bring in the music and the acting and and you know writing and everything. So yeah, I've always loved it. Yeah, you know it's it's really dope that you're able to kind of bring in um, so many different worlds of. Or of art into you know this film and uh, hats off to you. I, I always love when you take the things that you're passionate about in life and then you create a film and a story that everyone can um, can really enjoy because it, that means that it has your signature flavor on it. If you could give us a history lesson, what's your breaking in story? How did you get started in the industry? Yeah, well, um, if you see the film, you'll have hints of, uh, <laughs> hints of it is loosely autobiographical, and um, I did uh, grow up in a house with a, a classical concert pianist father who was an inaugural performer for Avery Fisher Hall, and so there was a lot of uh, intensity towards excellence and all of that, practicing eight hours a day, but meanwhile, I was always... Um, writing since I can ever remember and um, I escaped to New York pretty pretty early on with not my parents didn't love that so much but uh, with uh, you know a bag of plays and and my violin and I just had been um, working with a I, I got to work with a theater company um, downtown that uh, all of those people are, are fairly established I was kind of the baby of the group so um, I guess Allison Janney would probably be the most famous one of that uh, small group, but we are writers, directors, actors, and a lot of the theater people kind of crossed over to film too. So I was already, um, you know, writing, directing, and, and acting within that company, and that sort of one thing sort of led to another. Typically, if you're an actor in New York, you're, you're also working on films and not just on stage. Um, so it's kind of been... Uh, move a little to the left, a little to the right, a little, to, you know, a little nudging, you know, along the way. There's, there's just a lot of people that have that have helped me. So, yeah, yeah. Since <laughs> we have a short time, I can't give you all those people because <laughs> one of them is so fascinating. Save it for, yeah. save it for the Oscar speech. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, well. <laughs> So I think that it's awesome that actually I, I see, you know, you've, you've composed um, for different films and, and even for par Parallel Chords. Um, but if we could, like, let's jump into Parallel Chords in your own words. You know, what is this film about? Because obviously um, I, I can tell it's very personal to you. So what is the film about? What kind of sparked you to write this film? Yeah, well, so my father and I had a, a, a pretty complicated relationship, and um, when I was watching other films, I just, and, and also just, like, the way that plays are structured, um, family dynamics have always been fascinating to me, and um, I, I guess I felt like there was some, it's not just that it's, like, my story, but it, there was something um, that I felt I could shape, so even though there's elements of my background, it's, it's obviously not a documentary by any stretch. And I just, story behind music and connecting like these, these uh, unusual relationships. Um, you know, I think everybody has some kind of break-free moment, um, whether it's with a mother and a mother, a mother and a son, or father, daughter. And 
you just you don't see father daughter relationships uh, represented that often. And um, to be honest, there's also an intimacy level that these two people are practicing together every night since the child is young, and this can develop some, you know, pretty uh, intense kinds of um, closeness that's not necessarily appropriate. So um, trying to find a way of speaking out about this and, you know, any young person has their own struggles. You know, I I think teens are just fraught with risk regardless of boy, girl, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And so I think all of those challenges coming of age, it, it just seemed like I need to put this down on paper. And I had also written several other smaller things that um, that had been produced in New York. And so, yeah, I just kind of got it all out there and started shaping it. And, and I, I thought, like, these parallels between uh, the way music works and these ties, uh, dissonance, harmony, all of that, I, I just thought, like, this this could work. <laughs> yeah. I got lucky because I, I passed the script around to a lot of people that were much more established than me. And I, I really just wanted a free copy and some feedback. And, and I ended up optioning the script pretty early on when I was in New York and I got an NEA grant for it. And it, it just, it kind of took a life of its own. And I went, Oh, okay, we could maybe do something with this. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, I think that's, I mean, I, there's so much that I could unpa- unpack with this right now. But first, let me say, yeah. pi- you folks, you're listening to Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I am talking with the writer-director of Parallel Chords, Catherine Dudley-Rose. Catherine, you know, I do think about what you what you talked about with the Electra Complex in, in, in regard to, you know, the, the close relationship between uh, a father and a daughter. And, you know, I, I find it, having a daughter myself, uh, and, you know, she's six years old right now, um, it's a very delicate line in which you're, you, you are kind of the first hopefully in a healthy uh, father-daughter relationship, you're the first man that your daughter falls in love with, right? And so I find it, it's it's a huge responsibility to um, make sure that she sees uh, a great example of a, a good man, but then also, you know, drawing lines and boundaries. And it seems as though um, with your film, you know, there's definitely lines, boundaries, but then it's also breaking through um, some of those boundaries that, you know, a, a, once you kind of come into your own that you have to do. So as we kind of close out here, um, uh, two questions. One, what are you hoping that audiences take away from the story and from Jacqueline, your main character's journey? And then two, has there been any, been any audience response thus far to, to the film? Yeah, so I'd like to kind of combine one and two because my immediate reaction is that, you know, we've we've been fortunate enough to screen this in a number of places, uh, Los Angeles, Portland, Kansas City, St. Louis, all over. And the thing that I, I want out of putting this out there is, um, you know, there are people that the film, I have witnessed it <laughs> firsthand, there are people that that the film touches in a certain way that, um, you know, they come up to me afterwards a little bit shaky and, um, I get, I get emails and I get responses later from people that like, they just want to a either 
help the film or, or write themselves or, you know, that's probably a big one. Um, and they have stories. Everybody has their parallel story. And I, I think because it's so connected to me when I'm there in person for, for a screening, um, if somebody, you know, has the wherewithal to approach me even after the Q and a, which is what happens a lot, um, you know, they're, they're, they're touched and they're moved and they, they haven't been able to, to say certain things, um, and so, so yeah, I, I, the thing I want out of it is to reach as many people as possible that it touches. It's not going to necessarily hit everybody the same, obviously. Some people are, they're going to be like, what, <laughs> you know, but, um, there are, there are a lot of women and, 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 and some men, um, that are approaching me and, and, and have already written their own stories and want me to look at them, you know, so, <laughs> right. um, so, so that's, that's, that sort of thing where, um, you know, just being okay with saying like, Hey, let's get this out there. Let's, let's, let's talk about your struggles, you know? And, um, and I think you can do it in a very visual cinematic. Um, I'm a little bit surreal and, and, and so, um, it, I think it works well on the big screen. Um, so yeah, that's what I would want out of it is just reaching as many people as possible that it touches, that need it, you know? Um, well, not, yeah, Catherine, I got to say that I, I feel as though, one, I, I have not seen the film. I, I feel like I need to see the film because I feel like we're we're kind of dancing around maybe the main um, <laughs> <laughs> the main things within this film. But it's so intriguing to me that I, I definitely have to see it and possibly have you come back on. But for folks that are as okay. intrigued as I am, if you could, how can they follow you guys on social media and keep uh, up? to date with what's going on with the film absolutely so well the title parallel chords let's be clear that chords is chords like music (laughs) c-h-o-r-d-s and um yeah because a lot of people miss that um and it's you can follow the facebook page we typically put all of our screenings up there um so you would just do facebook you know uh, parallel chords film actually parallel chords film.com and uh, we do have a website as well parallelchords.com. Um, the Facebook gets updated a lot more frequently just because we're pretty busy. Um, and, you know, you can see a trailer on the website. And uh, we have had a lot of requests to screen the film. Um, so we're, we're still open to that, too. Um, and I mean that outside of festivals, like some educational sectors have, have requested to, to screen it. So there are ways, and we should be in, like, you know, uh, we should have regular distribution, hopefully, later this spring. So, yeah, whether you're catching us on the East Coast or, um, you know, following the Facebook page is really a great way to to uh, to find out what's going on. Awesome. Writer, director, Catherine Dudley-Rose of Parallel Chords, thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you for having me. Picture Lock question of the week last week. Are reboots slash remakes welcomed or a lazy way for studios to make money that should stop? On Instagram at Theo4 underscore EST94 said, most of the time, I think they're a lazy way to bring in a sure buck. But I do think some reboots slash remakes can be welcomed. 
It depends on the new things they bring to the table as far as storytelling is concerned. For instance, the new Child's Play remake seems dope to me because the film takes away the supernatural element of the original and replaces it with technology, something we're familiar with and use every day. Because of that, not only is it relatable to audiences, but it makes the idea of a killer doll that much realer and scarier since the thought of malfunctioning tech isn't that far-fetched. At Alinda Simpson said, I think it depends on the project and how the story is on the page. Can we, should we do more? I don't think it's lazy, but do understand that writing is very hard and finding good original material for the first install is difficult. This is explained if you watch the special features for Pirates of the Caribbean when sets are complete, all ready for principles, but no script. On Facebook, Shane Barton said, I think it depends on the quality of the original. If you feel like the original missed a creative opportunity, then by all means, show us your artistic interpretation. The problem is that most of the films are doing little more than just updating animation and CGI and leaving the same played out premise. Daniel Ray Hamby said, both in some cases. Steve N. Patterson said, it's not lazy if it's done with respect to the material. If the movie is truly putting a modern twist on existing material, applying modern sensibilities to a thoughtful concept, it's worth attempting to remake. I'll never hate something being remade. I'll always hate something being remade that sucks. <laughs> Jeremy D. Brown said, no, it's lazy and quite frankly, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Laughing out loud. Tab McCollum said, lazy exclamation mark. Daniel Lease said, what a question, it's lazy. There's a difference between taking intellectual property, a new direction, and just slapping a coat of paint or motion capture tech on an old dog. Great actors are sucked in by the dollar number offered and studios only care about the bottom line. It turns out, if you invest in quality concepts, the fans will come. You don't just have to prey on nostalgia. I also have a call in, let's listen in. Hi, this is Bill Coughlin with Tohu Bohu Productions in Burke, Virginia. And uh, I think you're positing a false dichotomy. Uh, it's not necessarily either or. A lot of it depends on perspective, of course. To a studio, yeah, a remake can be a way to make some comparatively risk-free return on investment. Uh, on the other side, uh, for some cases, it can be a way to satisfy fans' desire to revisit beloved characters or stories. Uh, but honestly, those two aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, I think any remake has to be looked at on its own merits. Uh, now, I think it's probably best not to try and remake a classic. Uh, that's why Ocean's Eleven worked. It took the bones of the original Rat Pack film and updated it, really made it its own. But in the end, anytime someone tries to claim that all remakes are terrible, I bring up one of my favorite movies of all time, The Maltese Falcon. Uh, yep, it's a remake. The original came out 10 years earlier in 1931. So let's try and stay away from the absolutes, all right? Thanks so much. I certainly appreciate everyone's input on the question of the week from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, I definitely think that there, <laughs> let's say if we make about five remakes, one of them are going to be good out of the five remakes or reboots. Uh, outside of that, most of the time, it just doesn't capture the same magic as the original. But uh, I definitely do think that there is room for it at the table and uh you know it's it's the the secret is it's not gonna stop like studios are always gonna do it uh let's just hope that we get more good ones than bad ones picture lot question of the week this week since two of the films i've talked about this week really features a dog 
What's your favorite movie that features a dog? Leave me a message 60 seconds or less on the film and your thoughts on it, and I'll play it during next week's show. Call 202-350-1351. You can always let me know on social media or email me at picturelockshow at gmail.com, and I'll read your answer next episode. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank the good folks at Let's Talk Live for having me on each week. Shout out to Julie Wright and Kid O'Shea who make talking about movies fun. I'd also like to thank my kids for their thoughts this week and Catherine Dudley-Rose for coming on to talk about her film. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast, so you can hear the extended radio versions of the show, catch unlocked episodes, and the Picture Lock PR after show, giving you buckets of free knowledge for your film projects, PR, and marketing from filmmakers doing it. If you're a fan of Alexa's skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock Podcast, and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. You're supporting the filmmakers and guests I have on the show by allowing more people to be exposed to the podcast. It's quick, easy, and free, and I really appreciate it. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash picturelockshow and subscribe. I've got new movie reviews for this weekend up now, so please check that out. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. All music is done by Mike S. The Producer 13. Make sure you follow him on all things social media at Mike S. The Producer, numeral one, numeral three, and hit him up for your music production needs. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film.